We might just be fishing because we're excited. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll get there. Listen, you're getting three episodes. Just hold on. Hold on. It's coming. <laughs> okay. I'll hold on. I'll hold on. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking oh. to the listener. I needed to hear it. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, another special episode. We told you we would be back. Arcane recap for episode four. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. Calm down. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, I'm, not, I'm not a host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a host. I'm a conductor. Conductor of the hype train. I've said this before, Ryan. Pay attention. <laughs> we're going to go into housekeeping. And then we're going to tell you about the madness that got us to where we are today. Oh, God. Uh, housekeeping up top, as always. Thanks for listening. You can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at Podcast Core for all of our info, podcastcore.com. And then follow us on any platform you prefer. They're all there. Uh, you can send us an email at podcastcore at gmail.com and leave a like, follow, or a short review slash comment. We appreciate them always. But the easiest way is to tell a friend to enjoy the day of progress by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Yeah, happy progress day, everybody. Happy prog- progress, prog- progress, progress day. <laughs> prog- prog- happy prog metal day. Happy prog day. Yeah, email us with your favorite prog metal band. So we're in an interesting situation. This is the first in-person live recording of an episode. We've done over 70 episodes. And life has made it so that we have to be in the same room. Yeah, so I broke into Ryan's house. He broke into my house and said, let's record now. <laughs> let's do it. And here and we then, are. And then I forced him to get all the accessories needed. Exactly. But no, as you guys know, COVID's been crazy. Um, Hetch and I live about 45 minutes away. And we usually record via the interwebs, right? It's been great. It's worked out. We have a process. Um, but... Unfortunately, circumstances have made it so we had to get in the same room, which is great because we love each other. So <laughs> we're yeah. actually sitting across the table. Like this is this is the actual thing. We're in the room. We're, it's a studio. I, I, a I studio. told you. I told you earlier. It was you like know. this. This helped me like count my blessings. Mm-hmm. So just like yeah, you know, like like this year has sucked, but at the same hey. time, like everything still finds a way. Hey. Life uh, finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here with one of three episodes because Act Two is out, baby. Um, we'll talk about Riot, you know, making the time different this time. Yeah, later. we have words for you, right? We have words, but we're gonna get straight into it. So we got episode four, and it only makes sense that we start with progress day, and we get a we get another number. We love numbers, right? Yes. So two hundred year old Piltover at this point having a progress day. We get a scene with Jace and Heimer, and what are they talking about? Uh, so at this point, it's um, it's Heimerdinger and Jace both really kind of looking more towards the well, they're ironing out the details as far as like, hey, the hex tech is working. It's great. We do get Heimerdinger spelling out that Jace has been able to form up the hex gates, which we know from especially in lore that Piltover is is one of the richest cities in all of Runeterra because of the hex gates. So this is the beginning of that, but it's really more of like the ironing out those details of um, like how dangerous the technology is 
with how stable Jace and Victor have made it. Exactly. So Heimerdinger is showing more enthusiasm towards this technology while also being like, yo, you know, Jace, like, uh, it's time for you to start taking the forefront. And yep. for this old yordle who's afraid of magic, <laughs> I'll get over that. Um, you know, he has always been the face of progress day. And now it's Jace's time to shine. Passing the baton. Um, so we do get an older Jace here. They have the five o'clock shadow. That's, you know, that's bait. That's bait for you ladies out there. We all know it. Hey, and you men. Hey, hey you know what? Hot. Not only is it bait, but I would, I would argue that it's simply too based. It's too based. <laughs> it's quite based. And we also get to see Caitlyn here. Um, we see an older Caitlyn. Uh, we know the age difference between her and Jace, but she's a cop now. Um, she does mention that part of that was the doing of her mother, who has a lot of influence as being a part of the council. Yeah. So we get a little bit from there as well. And, and a shout out to uh, Jace, uh, to Caitlin's parents being like, oh, yeah, we're back on the Jace train now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classic <laughs> high society, right? That's oh, yeah. how it works. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's oh, you're bringing a bad name to our family? Nope. We never knew you. Exactly. What's that? You created the most fantastical thing to ever happen to economics in the city? We were always behind you. <laughs> we knew you could do it. <laughs> Politics, baby. <laughs> So we get a scene, uh, uh, sorry, a scene shift after this to some good old Silco operations above ground. That's a huge shift. Um, but specifically, it is shimmer smuggling. Um, we know the importance of shimmer now um, due to Act One, and it's starting to gain some traction as far as what he's doing with that underground. Um, we get a scene here where we get a raid. On the, we'll just call it a ship or a, what do you want to call it? Uh, I, I was just going to stick with like airship. Yeah, an airship. Know. I'm a Final Fantasy nerd. There you go. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. An airship here by some chem punks. We get the name the Firelights. And they're raiding trying to destroy the shipments of Shimmer. Um, so we can get into that later on what that, that drive is. Uh, but the scene that really gets into it here is they're thwarted by Jinx herself. We get we get our first reveal of Jinx um an older Jinx. Yeah, and it's really important that it's Jinx is the one to put this away because, like, the very beginning of this is that Silco's go-to goons that we've seen so far, they are easily handled at the very beginning of this. I mean, they're the firelights shut them down. And yeah. then as soon as we get into the cargo hold, not only is it Jinx holding down the fort, but it's Jinx holding down the fort in Jinx style. So we get the graffiti, we get bombs, because nothing protects yeah. explosives better than other explosives. <laughs> uh, and then, they, so... I like to put my fireworks next to my gasoline. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> but, um, so the, the, the whole cargo gets blown up. Jinx pops out, ends up apprehending one of these firelights, and the... The firelight she apprehends turns out to be a young girl yes. with pink hair. Uh, and Jinx has a nice little flashback to episode three of her fallout with Vi. Yeah. She's clearly doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. Um, and then, you know, the is the firelight ends up burning the cargo yeah. and Jinx kills her. Like, I mean, so we've got like full on just, we get a lot here. We, yeah. Cause I mean, Jinx blows up two of these firelights mm -hmm. in the cargo hole. Jinx shoots another one flat out, then just goes on 
mini gun shooting spree, which both of us we were shocked. Both of us were just like on the on the couch going, "What?" <laughs> like, so yeah, this is a moment we get to talk about the um, direction choice for how they're representing Jinx in her scenes, which is very interesting because they're doing it in very like a uh, chopped fashions where her reaction to what's going on in reality versus what's going on in her head is represented with these disjointed jumping of frames. So at one point, she's always interacting with the characters in the scene, but when she's the focal point, you get these chopped pieces of going from scene to scene, which really does a great job of representing how unhinged she is, but she's still kind of in the moment. So think about like an animal or a predator who's naturally reacting to things, but also you have this mental jumbled person and you get that sense of bouncing back and forth. And it is unsettling because like we mentioned, that minigun scene where she snaps back to reality and her first response when she's paying attention is to pull out the minigun, it works because of how it's shot. Yeah, I mean, it's because it, the whole purpose of it is to show just how unstable she is because we all know Jinx, the character from League of Legends, is not there. So we have to figure out how a Jinx who's there gets to that point, and that's really what shows here. I, I am interested to see if we're going to see more of the Firelights because we do get one survivor of this raid yes. crew, and we know that with Kim Punks and especially with Hoverboarders, Echo might be involved. But we have no idea yes. at this point if Echo's involved yet. But it feels like it feels like that's the setup. Yeah, it's got to be right. Yeah, but it makes I'm, the most sense. I'm, we we might just be fishing because we're excited. Oh yeah, um, we'll get there. Listen, you're getting three episodes. Just hold on, hold on. It's coming. <laughs> okay, I'll hold on. I'll hold on. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. I'm talking oh. to the listener. <laughs> I needed to hear it. <laughs> So the next scene we get, we get Jason Victor again. Um, and this point, we have Heimer kind of talking to them about, hey, it's progress day. You need something to show. What do you have for me? And they said, we've made Hextech more stable in the form of Hextech gemstones. So I won't go into market analysis here, but to take something powerful and to make a consumer version of it is very great for the market, for the corporate interests. I'm dropping that here for a reason. And that's very enticing. But Heimer has a comment, which we expect from Heimer as we know him as a character right now, is he says, this is awesome. Can't wait to reveal it in 10 years. In 10 years. Uh, so the 10 year thing is very important here, not only because of the corporate things that you stated, but one of the things that we really we see here, but it's not pointed. It's not highlighted yet, is that Victor's not doing hot. Like Victor's body is clearly deteriorating, deteriorating. Yeah. Goodness. It's a hard uh, word. I'll learn to speak one day. Um, <laughs> and so many episodes later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as the moment that Heimerdinger puts on that time frame of, you know, making sure that you're doing enough research and making and assuring the safety of people, Victor is immediately like, yo, what, what? 10 years? No, absolutely not. And yeah. but before he's saying that we get to see the bags under his eyes, yes. he's moving slower. He's slower to get his cane. And that's important as far as seeing that transition. We know what transition is going to happen yeah. uh, for anyone who doesn't play the game, hasn't listened to our episodes or know the lore. 
uh, it, it's important. You're going to want to remember Victor's yes. deteriorating for, health. For a little bit more, and, listen to our Victor episode. That's that's a great way to understand where we're yeah. coming from, why, why this and, is an important tell. And the best part of this whole reveal of the Hextech gem technology is the demos they have. Because the demos they have, one is a big gauntlet. Huh. Huh. Weird. They haven't shown any character that would use a big gauntlet yet, no, have they? No. Nah, not yet, not yet. We'll get there. Uh, and uh, and then we also have this kind of automated laser. Yeah. Um, and Jace mentions as far as mining, uh, which uh, a which guided laser would work there. But it's also important as far as with character lore. Yes. Um, if you want to jump ahead to that, go back and listen to our Vi episode. Yep. Um, but the, that laser is going to be something that's very important to Victor later on. Um, and a shout out to all the people on Twitter who have been so excited for how thirsty they are for Victor. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> the thirst traps. They're, they're all over the place in this show. Uh, Mel's still the best waifu. So we move on <laughs> to Caitlin doing the beat cop thing. So she's not the sheriff Caitlin we know yet. Um, she's the Caitlin that's just getting started. Yes, her mom got her in the door, but she's still working hard. Uh, and that's, you know, that's cool to see that side of her character uh, more because we didn't get much of her in act one um, due to, you know, plenty of other characters taking the spotlight. But we get to see her kind of at the scene of the crime trying to put it together herself. Right. And that's just kind of a scene to more, I guess, flesh out her character a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really there to kind of set up that you know, Caitlin like is. Well, she's a born detective. Yeah. And we know from her character in League of Legends that the detective work is what she truly takes to. And in the game, her greatest case is tracking down Jinx. Yep. So this is the very beginning of her tracking down Jinx because one of the things that she's taken photos of is the graffiti Jinx leaves behind. Yep. But the most important thing she finds here is a wounded a wounded villain. Yes. Uh, and it's one of the goons of Silco's that got shot by Jinx. So, uh, Jinx is someone I'd want behind me while, you know, administering cover fire. Totally. <laughs> uh, so, but we have one of Silco's wounded goons here. And this is important because the, well, the first thing that we get is that the reveal that Caitlin is not supposed to be on the crime scene. Yes. And the second thing we get is the return of Marcus. So Marcus, which was our hothead yeah. from act one. He's now a little bit older, and he has been promoted to sheriff. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so he's the one that he has jurisdiction over the crime scene. Yes. He basically calls out Caitlin of like, I don't care how rich your family is. You're a beat cop. Do your job, uh, which is totally fair. But uh, an important thing is seeing this Marcus. We don't see Vi. We do not. Uh, he saved Vi from Silco, but, but we don't see Vi. a long time Vi. ago. That was a long uh, time ago. And we're not going to see her yet because we leave that crime scene and we hop straight into the Undercity. And yeah. boy, has the Undercity changed. <laughs> the drop is a nightclub now. Um, uh, Vander. Vander. Things, things have moved forward. You know, we live in Atlanta and this happens all the time, but we won't go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we get the nightclub. And the main point of this scene is actually to see the relationship between Silco and Jinx at this point. We know that Jinx has been taken into his custody in a way of like, you're now a part of my gang. And he's kind of asking her, hey, what went wrong, right? And because Jinx isn't a normal per, you know, I don't use that term. Jinx is having issues at the moment. 
the way she communicates is very unique, right? Like once again, we're getting these jump cut scenes um, with her bouncing around while Silco is still. And Silco also hands her this needle during their conversation, which she uses to inject Shimmer into his eye. Um, just a slight amount of Shimmer, but it's a, it's a moment of, um, of vulnerability we don't see Silco have with any other of his goons yeah. or you know, subordinates subordinates yeah, it, that, that's a very interesting scene as far as because yeah. one um i'm not going to pretend like i know what was happening there uh what the hell uh keep needles away from eyeballs it's a unique scene like it's it's very uh, smart in what it's that, portraying yeah. oh, hey, hey, hi 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 um but we're, we're definitely getting to see more of like the the beginning i guess of a father-daughter dynamic because there is a lot of like the uh physical intimacy yeah and it's not like the uh, it's not it's sexual not creepy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not creepy it, no, at no time do i get that vibe but we get like jinx really trying to like cuddle with silco yeah. just like you know how a daughter would run to a dad after a bad day um so we, we get to see a bit of that um, remember in her mind vander's gone vi's gone so all he she has is silco, is silco. because yeah. remember silco and vander Going back, we're best friends essentially. Yeah. So it, um, it that it's very natural. This this is good writing. This is good it's writing good. paying off. Yeah. It's good and it works. Of course, for me, I'm ecstatic to announce that the goon lady who got her arm blown off in episode three, who has been here since episode one in the background, finally gets a name. Yeah. All right, so Savika. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we get to see with Savika here is that she's got clearly some kind of... Uh, she's been using shimmer in some way, too, because we yeah. see, like, veins exposing on her face. But it, the color's different, so it might be from the Hextech explosion yes. that Jinx instigated. And we also see that Silco is playing favorites to Jinx because he does not take any of uh, Savika's crap. Yes. It's just like, shuts her down. Yeah, it went, it went south, and it's because Jinx is a Jinx. I don't care if Jinx is a Jinx. Jinx is fine. Yeah. You fix it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Soko's just like, I don't care. Yeah. Jinx is, Jinx this is, is this is the sign of like, I like scenes like this because this scene isn't meant to be one of the standout, standout ones, but you get so much from it, right? Because we're going to get a Soko Jinx scene in the future that's going to make, be more significant. Oh, yeah. Um, But we go from here to a scene of progress celebration. People are having drinks, people are having a good time. It's a fundraiser. For Mel, and this is the first time we're starting to hear Mel talk more about the corporate interest as far as her setting up deals. And we get her kind of walking away with Jace for a bit. Um, and I put here, Mel and Jace, are they fucking? Uh, that's just, <laughs> listen, that's the weeb side of me. The real side of me understands that they're cutting deals. This is like the backroom deals at these, like this happens in high society here, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but are they fucking? Like, that's the question we need to answer. Hey man, every time that every time that Mel is shown up in a scene, I get it. <laughs> so, you know, if Jay, if Jay, if Jace is trying to, you know, get climb his way up the ladder that way, I don't even blame him. Like, Whoa. What's so, up, girl? <laughs> so she's essentially convincing Jace. Jace is like, hey, I have this thing. I respect Timer. You know, he's done so much for me. I don't want to go above his head. And Mel's like, no, fuck that. Go above his head. If this is something that's going to get our buyers happy and excited, we want to show it now. Don't wait 10 years. You know what to do. 
And she kind of gives him a soft push in that direction. Yeah. I say soft push. It's a hard push in that direction. It's a hard push. Uh, this is the first time, too, that we actually get to see a little bit more of Mel's motives. Because all the way up before this, it's that Mel is, you know, just trying to find a way to put Piltover on the map. But we there's no sense of anything nefarious behind it. But now it's they're having this conversation at a fundraiser. And then the reason that she's encouraging Heimer or encouraging Jace to go above Heimerdinger is because she's found some financial backers. Yes. We're getting a lot more of a corporate feel now. Yep. Um, and that is it, 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 I'm getting the vibe that Mel's not going to be one of the more out, upstanding characters that um, comes out of this story unscathed. <laughs> yeah, so then we get into two scenes that really expose more of the mental structure of two characters. So first we get a scene of Jinx talking to herself. And the saddest thing about this, I, I don't think in act two, I mentioned this to Hedge, that we're going to cry. I do think we're going to be very uncomfortable because of what we cried about in the first act. I'm going to cry. I'm going to, regardless, I'm going to cry. It's like, Hedge, this is an action scene. Like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> So we get a scene of Jinx talking to, she created dolls yeah, of, of her. Uh, Clegger yeah. and Milo. Yeah, and she's talking to them as if she's having a conversation with them. So you remember in her conversations in Act 1, they would always pick on her and whatever. So her dialogue is matching that formula that she has imprinted in her mind. Yeah, uh, and this is this seems really cool because it's also retconning a lot of Jinx as a character. Because up before this, Jinx has kind of been more of like the um, Deadpool of League of Legends. Yeah. You know, it's like breaking the fourth wall and stuff, which, I mean, the, we can kind of get vibes that that's still going to stay. But we're we're now seeing why she's talking to people she can't see. Yeah. She's talking to two of her best friends that she killed. Exactly. And that is a little bit of heartbreaking. That's why I'm going to end up crying. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> and then the next thing we get is we cut scenes to Victor and Jace about to give, or Jace about to give his presentation. And we get something that we don't know to this point is not only does Victor look sickly, but he also has social anxiety. Um, Jace mentions when he wants to give a speech, he's like, come up there with me. And he's like, in front of all those people, No. Like, and we don't really know in any of Victor's, if you listen to our Victor episode, none of his lore, none of the stories really talk about that part of him, which is a very human part of him, which is important right now. Um, you thirst trappers, it's coming. But it's listen, coming. <laughs> the great evolution. Yeah, but we get that, which is cool. And then we get Jace's speech. And Jace's speech surprises us because... Jace decides to heed Heimerdinger's sense of caution and... Well, with this opportunity and the green light from Mel to go ahead and tell all of these investors, hey, here's their new shot into the future with Hextech. He decides, hey, we're going somewhere great and we can't wait to show you. We can't show it yet. And this is very important because this is Jace's family's first chance of like truly getting into the into the limelight because he comes from a lesser known house. Yep. They've got his family crest in the background, which is a hammer. They, like they've got he, he's even saying like my family, we didn't come from a lot. And yeah. here we are. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, of course, if you're if you came from nothing, you really want to give something that stands out. Yeah. And the other thing that's important here is that Mel's very clearly is upset, is upset. Yeah. And we're probably going to start seeing a lot more friction between these two. Um, 
if it's the kind of friction that we thought it was during the fundraiser is yet to be seen. <laughs> it's yet to be seen, but we're like Mel, Mel wanted was ready for him to yeah. go ahead and throw that technology out there. And the other thing that we see, and it's very brief, but it is important is it's one of the only times that the camera goes back to Victor is him in the background yep. waiting to unveil this technology. And then he's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, so clearly Jace went with his gut on this one. And he's there's a few people not happy about it, yeah. but it, the it ends up it, the technology ends up getting out there, and the way that it gets out there is uh, Caitlin's going to be the one to find out because we go to her yeah. trying to hang out with some beat cops. Yeah, she's trying to hang out with some beat cops instead of actually being at the presentation, which is interesting because she would have access to that if she wanted to. But we found out earlier in the episode she's very serious about her work, and she sees a fire off in the distance, and. That fire turns out to be very important because she goes to seek out what's the cause of it. And they get lured in by what feels like a child trap that or child trapped that wants to be rescued. And it turns out to be one of Jinx's contraptions. Oh, boy. That's a lot of bombs in there, too. Listen, we've said it before <laughs> in episode three our arcane episode three. Check that one out. Um, Listen. Explosions matter in this show. Bro, explosions really do matter, too. It's, Holy crap. So we get a big boom, and all the cops that went along with Caitlyn essentially die. Like, they, we get confirmation later. They die off screen. Caitlyn is injured, not severely, but she is injured. And that's when she gets a glimpse through her, you know, kind of fatigued after post-explosion of Jinx walking away with yeah. something in a bag. I, I, I call that the concussed vision. The concussed vision. There you go. Yeah, like because it's all foggy and stuff. The Pokemon she, player reveals yeah. himself as he wears a Pokemon shirt <laughs> sitting across from me. <laughs> um, now, as far as with this, I think the most important thing with the this whole first act of terrorism, yeah. because it's this is clearly going to be like Caitlyn's you know, catalyst for I'm going to find this bomber. Yeah. Uh, and we know that Caitlin and Jinx, they, they are at odds a hundred percent of the time. Um, but I think the thing that's most important is the, they very clearly show people dying in yes. this. And especially up to this point, the closest thing that we've had to really showing how damaging Jinx's antics are, has been a uh, paint the town yes. comic. Uh, which we did an episode on, but even in Paint the Town, is there's all these cartoonish antics of how no one dies. Mm -hmm. um, but how can you be a terrorist unless you're causing like serious uh, damage to life? Exactly. And the flow of life. Uh, this is it. Yeah. Boy, oh mighty, she <laughs> she goes in strong with. Uh, I think they said like six cops dead. Yeah, so. it's it's pretty it's pretty wild. Um, but. During that time, we find out Jinx did steal those hex gems that Victor and Jace were working on. And then we go right into politics. Now, this is a point where we want to spend a little bit of time on because this is the first scene we get, which is essentially all of the prequels of <laughs> the Star Wars series. So, <laughs> so everything. <laughs> So you remember all that stuff we were complaining about? They do it well here in three minutes. So we get to see the council. We, we get a good bit of the council deliberating over things. But we now get a sense of the council thinking about, okay, the hex gems are gone. We have these corporate interests. We can't stop production because you have all these different viewpoints. Jace is like, I just want to do what's best for everyone. 
And they're like, yeah, but that's not corporate interest, Jace. Yeah. And then they throw the wrench in there of not only trying to persuade him being the, you know, he's the leading guy here, but they also say, what if you were on the council? Right. They derail him with that to then help bring him into their interest, which is corporate interest. Um, And this back and forth is great. The way it's done, it's very quick. And you get those cuts of, okay, Heimer's also there. Um, and Heimer feels two ways about it because he thinks Jace deserves to be on the council, but he also know, knows that Mel's interest is different from his, and he wants the safety of people because of the 10 years and, common earlier. And Heimer's been the most outspoken as far as yeah. how afraid he is of Hextech. Yeah. So, and the fact that Jace starts this whole conversation with even leaning more towards Heimer Dinger's uh, uh, kind of side, I guess. Yeah. Um, his stance. Like he has the same stance. He's leaning more towards it. Just like, let's shut it all down because it's not safe. And uh, to be honest, Heimerdinger gets played here Yes, because we're uh, part of the thing that we're seeing with the, the corporate interest sides. uh, We're saying corporate interest because it's in America. That's how we understand it. Yeah. Um, But one of the things we see is that the, the, I I haven't caught a name for him yet. Mm. If, if someone out there has caught it, hit us up. You're talking about the robot guy? No, no, oh, no. the dumb guy. Uh, so oh, the yeah, first the time, guy, the, the guy, first yeah. time that we're really seeing him not put in a stupid light mm. is with Jay saying, "Let's shut everything down." And he still and has his toy that he he's got from Mel. playing with his toy, <laughs> his and he's toy. like, "Hey, so what? We're gonna shut all this down and all of the wine that my company is taking up to trade with the Noxians. <gasps> I'm gonna trade it as vinegar." Noxian so, message. Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes yeah. more into like the vein of like the council interests are different than the interests of people. Yeah, you have trade, you have uh, corporate, you have. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know the Noxians aren't really seen in a bright light to most of Runeterra. Yeah, um, and but then Heimerdinger gets played because this is clearly all in Heimerdinger's camp, yeah. and the way they derail him is by giving Jace the seat, and it's like, hey, not only does Heimerdinger think that Jace belongs in the seat, but Madarda is like, no, we this belongs like this should be re- held responsible by someone who understands it yeah. and who understands the science behind it. So who better than the scientist that made it? Exactly. What qualifications does he have? Well, he's already a scientist, much like our Heimerdinger. Oh, played. Got Absolutely him. played. Uh, so, and all this is done within like three minutes. Yes. It's a very good scene. Uh, so again, someone go ahead, clip that, put it on YouTube, send it directly to George Lucas. <laughs> and we will bring it up again until we receive a public apology. So we go from one area of chaos, we'll call it organized chaos, to another area where we get our Silco and Jinx interaction part two. Um, Jinx is alone. She's doing the same thing she's been doing, talking to herself, having these conversations. Silco shows up and gets her attention after she's blasting music. And essentially, <laughs> she's having her own mini progress day uh, because she's done something she's proud of. Silco doesn't know this yet. And what is that thing? Uh, and that thing is that she's successfully stolen the Hextech gem. Uh, this scene is really important, though, because it's this is the first time that we're actually seeing Silco being at odds with Jinx. Yeah. Uh, because he's clearly not. He, he did not sign off on this bombing. Yes. He does not agree with it. And he does think that Jinx needs to be punished. And the only reason that doesn't happen, uh, I have it written down here is, uh, well, results are results. Yep. <laughs> and, and he he has been, because the first time that we see him, he's complaining about how much further Piltover is advanced thanks to Hextech. Yes. And 
now he's he's run out of shimmer because everything burned up and he's trying to rebuild this the the smuggling trade went south because of jinx so he's giving us this vibe that he's at the end of his rope yeah and jinx gives him a lifeline yep and he may not agree with how she got the lifeline. But results are results. But results are results. Uh, shout out to Bryant using the music because she's playing yeah. the same music out of the record player. She was playing out of the busted one yeah. from the last drop in act one, which is the song that was her music video when she was announced as a champion. Which was made ago. by this company who's animating yeah. Arcane right now. So, yeah. you know, shout out to using, using that yeah. and improving it because it's like her station in life is moving up it, it, that seems really cool uh, combined with the looney tunes antics <laughs> of silco trying to get her attention yeah. it's very well animated and once again it still fits that model of these disjointed frames um that we get and then we get to the kind of wrapping up here uh, oh, wrapping up this is the ending we get a scene of caitlin injured but still jacked Listen, listen, I was, that's the first thing I told said, I, was, I said a hatch. I was like, Ooh, she's, she's in shape. <laughs> he, he, he got heated. He was, I know, right? Ryan was like, hang on, I need a second. <laughs> we had, we had to rewind it and pause it. It was weird. <laughs> but no, she's, you know, kind of injured, but she's a hard worker, which we've gotten in many scenes and she's still trying to piece things together. And she's finally found a gap because as Silco was concerned, that explosion put them on the map in a way that he didn't want. And she's caught on to the scent. And Jace, now with a new twist to his motivation as a council member, is trying to get her to join him as part of her, his official guard because he informs her her mother has re removed her from the force after that incident. And she immediately is like, I have no time for that. That's not what I want to do. I'll be behind a desk. No, thank you listen to what I have to say or get out. Yeah. And this, this scene is so much deeper than what everything really points at to, because it's showing the nature of Caitlin as a person, mm -hmm. because Caitlin is put into the game as the detective. Yes. She's a sheriff of Piltover, but it is her work as a detective that got her into that station. And this is the first time that we're really seeing it. And I, I mean, her crime map is legit. Yeah. It put Charlie the, Day would be proud. Charlie Day would be proud. <laughs> Pepe Sylvia, eat your heart out. Um, so, uh, like, so one, that's already legit. But no. then it's also like Jace trying to be like, okay, let me soften the blow. Yeah. That your parents are trying to take you out of the police force. And her response to that is, no, nope, I just got to figure out how to make Marcus pay attention to what I got. Yep. Because I know if I can make him pay attention, then we can stop this bomber. Like for Caitlin, it's not like she's never given off in this scene a sense of of her own pride. Yeah. Or her she's own genuine. ambition. It is a genuine desire to catch who did this. Yep. Uh, and. That leads her looking to her map, searching for ideas and remembering, oh, right, we got a prisoner. Yeah. So then we get our first look at the Alcatraz of Runeterra. <laughs> yeah, Alcatraz, Guantanamo Bay. Listen, we got a bunch of them in our history, uh, but they have one as well. And she gets there. She wants to see the guard, the guy that they end up bagging against her will. Remember, um, Marcus made that decision. And he says, well, his jaw is kind of wired to shut at the moment, not by choice. Um, he got an altercation, and then we find out who that altercation was with. Uh, Hetch, do you want to 
I mean, huh. is this a surprise? <laughs> like, this oh. the this <laughs> what are you doing? Wow! <laughs> 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 so, um, we this is the scene that we get to learn that Vi yeah. stands for violence. <laughs> yeah, Vi stands for violence. <laughs> um, so, uh, I really like the build-up to this scene because it really... The my first thought when they're showing these clips of the prisoner getting his face beaten in with a meal tray is yeah. that Silco silenced him. Yeah, because I, I mean, if I was some crime mob pen, if one of my lackeys gets pinched and he knows too much, I'm yeah. taking care of him. Exactly. All right, I'm taking care of him with a loyal guy. That's too official. But serving, let's keep going. <laughs> Forget about it. It's business, Ryan. <laughs> it's business. Uh, so that was my first thought, but it turns out that it's just that Vi. We finally learn where Vi's at. Vi's yeah. one locked up. We have no idea why. Yeah. Two. They show her in perfect Russian mob fashion yeah. by showing all the prison tats that she's earned while in the gulag. Yeah. Um, so she's been there a while, clearly. Yeah. Uh, and three, she did it just because, oh, I, re I remember you. You were there the night Vander died. Yep. Uh, like, it was clearly just a personal thing for her. And she's then shown just punching a concrete wall with their fists Dude. like a sane person would do there's a lot here um for us because obviously we've done a vi episode go listen to that and this is a gap in between some of that to be like hey we went from someone who was taken in as a civilian during an incident that has now been in prison for enough time to have a lot of russian prison <laughs> tats um and to be punching a wall and be hardened more hardened than she was before uh, so obviously we're going to find that out soon. Yeah. And that go listen to our Vi episode because yeah. this episode of Arcane does a lot to really derail what the lore of Vi is because yes. we know from spoilers for the Vi episode, I'll give you one second. Uh, yeah. so that we know that Vi and the lore got her gauntlets from taking out a gang of like miners gone rogue. Yeah. But in this episode, we see that Jace and Victor create Vi's gauntlets, not some miners using it somewhere deep underground. Yeah. We also know from that episode that it's Vi putting down those those ruffians is what catches Caitlyn's attention. But now Arcane is showing us she got locked up somewhere between Marcus saving her yeah. from Silco to now. And that's where Caitlyn finds her is in the joint. So Arkane's now got a lot of questions to answer, and yeah. I can't wait to see them answer it. Exactly. And we'll find out soon in the next episode. So thanks for listening, as always, and we'll be back soon with the next Arcane episode. Take care, everybody. <laughs>